Welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 1059 WBBM. Coach Nagy here until the bottom of the hour, and then special teams coordinator Chris Tabor joins the program. Uh, Matt, dramatic finish in Heinz Field uh, Monday night, but uh, falling short by two. This one, I'm sure, will stink for a bit as you go into the bye week, I'd imagine. Uh, but given how the second half took shape and, and what was overcome and how Justin Fields played, and how the offense elevated because of it, uh, it must give you a big boost of momentum into this bye week and beyond. Yeah, Jeff, you know, I think, uh, you know, you're right. And uh, and it's it's uh, the difficult part is you just, for these guys and for all of our coaches, players, you know, everybody, city, the fans, uh, everybody, you know, you, you, you know, you put in a lot of work and you want to get the win and, and that's an emotional game last night. And it's, it's not an easy environment, but it's, it's fun to be a part of that. And, for the guys that continue to fight to the very end and, and come down to basically the last play and be on the wrong end of it, uh, that that's where it's tough. Um, it's an emotional time, but at, you wake up and, and you realize, uh, like you said, you know, at the same point in time that, you know, Justin at that moment, the end of the game to come down and, and help lead the team to a score is huge. And that's one of those moments that in his career, he'll always remember always being his rookie year and, and Monday night football in Pittsburgh. And, and so um, he did it and he proved to us that he was going to do it. He told us he was going to do it and he did it. And that's kind of where we're at. How did he tell you he was going to do it? Just by his emotions and his, his, uh, the look on his face. Um, like I said, this morning, he, he just, uh, we walked over to get ready to give him the play and get out there for the first play. And before we did it, you know, just to kind of see where he's at and you get a sense of where guys are and the look in their eye he just had this big grin on him, you know, this big smile, like this is, this is what he was built for. And, um, that's just, it's just rare to have that. And so then, you know, that, but then when you see it actually come to fruition and it ends in a touchdown where an extra point puts you up by one, uh, it's one of those moments that we'll always remember. I, you know, I wish we could have came out on the other side, but for his growth and for who he is and our offense, it was, it was a special moment. Uh, you mentioned his growth, and it seems as if uh, the entire population is so focused on just his growth. Uh, but with his growth comes growth for the football team in every phase. Uh, so sometimes that lost in this because it's Justin Fields, the 11th pick in the first round of the NFL draft, and he's got this potential to be great. Yeah, I think there's a it, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, you have a you have a, a first round draft pick that you move up to get uh, at the quarterback position. Um, and who now is, you know, heading into, uh, you know, really, I mean, he's, he's, he's heading into six, seven starts now and getting a lot of reps and you're seeing the growth, you're seeing the excitement. He's made two really big plays now um, in, in big time moments, back to back weeks. And that's what you feel. That's what everybody feels. And there's the excitement. The tough part is when you lose and Justin will tell you, that's all he cares about. Right. And he understands everything that comes with it. We understand everything that comes with it. But at the same point in time, this is a team game and we're doing everything we can, like we said last night, our 111th to, to help this team win. And we haven't done that in the last several weeks. And we got we to gotta do that. We got to do more of that so that we can win. What changed that allowed Justin to really go downfield so much more in the second half? Uh, and just the decisiveness now two weeks going, but uh, there was a heck of a lot more plays downfield in the second half. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, when you head into a game, it's 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 kind of like a boxing match. Those first several rounds, you're just kind of seeing what the game plan is, right? You know, are you coming 
uh, with, with a run game, with a pass game. Uh, you saw we had that bootleg uh, on the one play where Justin rolled out to his left, made a great throw, and then two plays later we ran one and they sacked us. And, and so there's a feeling out procedure of really where you're at and what you want to do. Uh, once we could get a good feel of where they were um, and what their game plan was, I think Bill did a great job, Bill Lazor, of, of getting our guys into a rhythm. And then the guys got to make plays. And you saw more shots. And they're not all completed. But it stretches the defense out vertically, which can open up the run game and the quick game. And that's probably what you saw. And then Justin just made some plays and some throws. That's, you know, that, that one throw we threw to Jimmy Graham was, was as, as good as it gets. And so – uh, when you make throws like that, you just instantly have more confidence in yourself. There seems to be also a national discussion on just the, the, the hits he's taking, uh, some of which can be des- described as late or unnecessary, but not drawing flags. And, uh, you know, it's not the NBA. It's not, you know, MJ getting, because it's MJ not getting those fouls. But uh, maybe there is some of that. I don't know. Or is it because he's considered a running quarterback and that throws some things out the window from a, officiating perspective maybe even subconsciously yeah i i think uh you know regardless of who you are or, or where you're at on the field um you know the nature of the game is to always protect all players and let alone the quarterbacks when they're running with the football and um it's a it's a quick game it's a fast game down there those referees have some tough decisions to make when it's it happens so quickly uh and it's a part of the game the, the biggest thing that we can do is help justin limit and minimize the amount of times that he takes those those hits uh, every now and then there's going to be one you know he had the one on the sideline where Minka came over and, and hit him pretty hard he had the other one where he kind of went for a slide and got hit from behind and um, he had a few where he slid early which was great and didn't take a hit he got somewhere he ran and got out of bounds so um, you know next week or two weeks from now when we play Baltimore we're going to see a quarterback that takes a lot of hits a lot of times um, so it's just a balance of how many you take and how hard you, how hard they are. What are you gonna do about penalties? Well, we got to fix them. Uh, that, that's, that starts with me. I got to make sure that we continue to emphasize it to the players. And then when the players are out there, they got to, you know, they got to make sure that they follow, follow through with the execution of not having them. There's going to be some penalties here or there. Uh, it's the outliers and it's the max number of penalties that hurt. And we need to be a better and more disciplined football team. Um, you know, whether it's an unnecessary roughness, a flagrant foul, whatever, whatever any, anything that's just controllable, we need to be, do a better job at controlling our emotions. And the false starts, the jump off, you know, all that stuff, like we can, we can get better there too. So that, it's going to be an emphasis. It has to. That, that really is the key word, the control part. And, and that often, you know, we know about the emotion of the game and uh, you played it at a high level as well. So you know what it's like and you're on that sideline. But at this point, just because it's going to be called, clearly it's going to be called on the taunting, is there any way to make an edict, hey, no matter what, I know it's a great play and a great moment, come with your teammates to the sideline and celebrate with us. And yeah. just end it right there. Is that a yeah. possible message from you in this Absolutely. situation? Absolutely. Okay. W- w- without a doubt. Without a doubt, that's a – I mean, that that's – that's really the way that we have to go. And, yeah. and the players need to understand that uh, it's hurt us too much and it's kept teams. I mean, you work so hard to get a team off the field and then to have it happen where they get a free play to get back on. That's a backbreaker. So, um, you know, what we got to do and what I need to do is make sure that they, they follow that lead. They understand it. And any point in time that it happens, 
um, it's unacceptable, you know? And so we got to, we got to really make an emphasis to that. So they follow through and they don't do it. Snap the fields under pressure, leaving the pocket. Tuck's going to fire into the end zone. Catch is made. Left corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Darnell Mooney. Touchdown, Bears. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. It's brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com. There was the Fields to Mooney touchdown. I literally jumped out of my seat, although I wasn't sitting. Outstanding. So that's how excited I was. But, boy, was that a throw, man. And, and this the throwing to his left as a right-handed quarterback, honestly, it's you don't see it very often done as well and as precise and with accuracy as he's showing. Not just that throw, but it's happened more than once. Is this unique to Justin Fields? Well, I think we're starting to see some of his strengths of what he does well. And and every now and then some quarterbacks will develop some some uh, some favorites or some habits that teams start to see, hey, this guy really he throws well to the left or he throws well to the right or he's he's a good hitch hitch throw type guy from the pocket. Um, and we I mean, he had the, the bootleg where he rolled to his left and threw a nice ball to Cole Komet early on, too, where, again, you're starting to see that now. And um, we love seeing it because especially that last one for the touchdown is it wasn't a rollout. It just it was a it was a drop back pass that wasn't there. So we rolled out and became a runner and then all of a sudden uh, became a, a thrower and made a great throw. Mooney made a hell of a catch, got both feet in at a big time moment. And that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, that I really feel is that he's making big time plays in big time moments. And that's, what's exciting too. All right. So you got to get your, your body square at some point to make that an accurate throw. But what is so pronounced with him, just from my analysis and you, you're the quarterback coach here on this in this particular question, but his follow through, no matter where his arm slot is, whether it's sidearm, it is very thorough. Is that where the accuracy comes from, or is it more complicated than that? But he seems to really, really be good with making sure that follow through. You can see it very clearly, and he just—it's like a laser. Yeah. Well, I would I would relate it to or compare it to like a a free throw. You know, okay. when you follow through on a free throw or or say it's a fadeaway three, you know, and you just kind of feel like, you know, it is it's you know, it's going to be a great throw. I, there's more of a feel to it is what I'm saying. So it, it was very similar, right, to his touchdown throw two weeks ago uh, against the 49ers to Jesse James. A very similar throw where he kind of threw off his right foot, got both feet in the air, had a follow through sidearm. And and so uh, it, it's a natural feel that he has. It's honestly it's more DNA than anything. How'd the offensive line do? They did a lot better. Uh, they, they really did a good job against a tough defensive front. Uh, in that environment, I was proud of them. I thought they grew. I thought they got a lot better. Um, that, you know, it, that's not easy. Uh, on the road, silent count. You know, we unfortunately, we had a couple false starts, which, which hurt us, and the guys understand that and know that. But for the most part, I really thought they did a good job. And that's another part of the growth that we're happy about with the offense. We're getting more explosives. I think we had 11 explosives yesterday, eight passes of 16 or plus yards and three runs of 12 or plus runs. So, you know, being able to have that sometimes eliminates going 12 and 14 play drives because you're getting big plays. Yeah, it's first time in three years a Bears quarterback had a, a stat line with a yard per pass attempt of 10 yards or more. Yeah. So it, it's been a minute, uh, but he had it a Monday night in Pittsburgh. All right, let's, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, concerns positives what do you take out of this one 
Well, you know, the positives, I'll start off with that is, you know, you look at what we were able to do. We, we were able to, to hit Ben. Um, you know, we had four sacks. We kept him to 205 yards passing, 280 total yards of, of offense for them. So that's the good. Uh, and I, also, I think we, we held uh, Najee Harris to a pretty low yards per, per carry. That's good. Um, what we got to be a little bit better at is situational football is, is again, that complimentary football when we need a stop, getting that stop when we need it. Now, we always need a stop. We get that. But uh, there at the end of the game would have been really good to, to be able to not allow them to get down there for that field goal attempt. A couple things here or there we can get better at. But, um, you know, for the most part, uh, the other part that we're emphasizing is the takeaways. You know, we didn't come away with any takeaways on defense, so that can help flip the field. But we, uh, we really feel like, um, you know, get healthy here, get some guys back, and get, get rocking and rolling. Yeah, the third and uh, long, the third and six plus, uh, going into the game, 28th in the league uh, defensively, and so they, they hit on a, a few more of those. It doesn't seem like a, it's a killer, but those lead to scoring drives when you convert those. Yeah, they do. They just keep the drive going, and they had a couple of those third downs, like you're saying, and um, even even some third and goals, you know, that they were able to take advantage of. So I know that's an emphasis that Sean's really focusing on, and, and our guys understand it. Again, this, this bye week will really allow us to reflect as to where we're at, how we're doing in certain areas so we can get better. You know, it was, it was a terrific comeback because, as you said, the environment was uh, – it was really loud in there. I know my ears are still ringing. Montgomery again to the Wildcat. This time he gives the Mooney. Left at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone for the touchdown. And David Montgomery pumps his fists because two Steelers thought he kept that ball. Terrific ball fake. Montgomery to Mooney. David Montgomery on the Wildcat and the give to Darnell Mooney. A second touchdown for the Bears wide receiver in their loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back with Matt Nagy here on the Bears Coaches Show. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets and a custom Bears jersey. Uh, here with Matt as we, we look at that Wildcat. Uh, David Montgomery ran it very well yesterday. He did a great job. He's, he's done really well with that. Uh, and it's just a little change up. The defense has to prepare for it. There's different things we can do out of it, but the execution of it was really great by everybody. And then Cole Komet, he had one of those explosives, uh, a really good day for him and Jimmy Graham. Uh, good to see that working, obviously. And, and it just, and Allen Robinson, the whole thing. And here again, this goes back to Justin Fields because if he plays well and throws the ball well and he's protected and they're getting the running game going and all these other weapons that everybody's been asking for, and getting targets to start to get those targets in the big place. Yeah, I felt that yesterday, Jeff, where you were able to see um, some different guys getting getting those targets, like you're saying, you know, whether it was a short pass, whether it was downfield throw, um, and, and even whether it was complete or incomplete. But you saw us getting the tight ends involved, the running backs a little bit here, there, those wide receivers. And I think what's happening is you're starting to see Justin feel more and more comfortable with these reps he's getting with these particular uh, receivers and running backs. And now we got to grow off of that. Uh, we're, we're kind of finding a nice little balance schematically with what we like to do with them. We're finding out what his strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, and, and we're trying to put it all you know, together to make it the best for us. All right. We all know it's been a tough schedule. Your opponents have won 43 games, most in the league. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, a treacherous road. We knew that was going to be the case. In addition to that, your guys faced, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, who are the 
four highest graded defensive linemen in the league. You faced Cam Hayward last night, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby. Top four receivers in yardage, Cooper Cub, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Adams. So the record is three and six, but you faced a lot of things that uh, theoretically sharpen you for the rest of the road here, getting your guys against these type of players and quarterbacks and future Hall of Famers. How would you assess it all as we hit this midway point? Well, the good part is that it calluses you for sure because you're going up against those, those great players like you just said. Um, but what we got to be able to do now is, is take that and use it to our advantage moving forward because, you know, you know the schedule better than anybody. I mean, we, we, got, some, we got some really good football teams ahead of us. So, and that's how it should be. We get that. We, we need to be able to beat all of those teams that are in front of us. And we really feel like with who we have and getting, getting some of our guys back is going to be crucial. But um, it definitely makes you better, that's for sure. And I think really for, again, looking at Justin, for him to be able to play some of these defenses that he's seeing – um, he's done a he's done a really, really good job of, you know, making the game slow down a little bit on defense, but yet still making plays and being great Monday, you know, through Saturday. And that's where we want to keep growing. In addition to what you do and say as a head coach and your staff would, you know, because sometimes these situations, not that these guys uh, are quitters by any means. They, they showed that fight perfectly example last night, but you are three and six. Would Justin's presence and development alone help everybody else stay in tune here and keep going? Yeah, and 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 I really I I know that for a fact, but I also know who our players are and where they're at. And again, Roquan, I thought had a great message. You know, just just talking to the to the guys last night uh, at the end in the locker room. Just not not a lot, just short and sweet to the point of it. You know, it's 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 time we get back on track, and so. When you hear that coming from your players and your leaders, um, it really is is great to hear from the coach's perspective. And I know the players feel that too. So they're going to get away for a little bit. They're going to come back in a week and be able to be refreshed and rejuvenated and be ready to attack these these final uh, guaranteed eight games. And what do you want out of the week for yourself and your staff? Well, you know, it's uh, it's something where for, for us as a staff, we're already attacking the self-scout in, in all three phases, which every team does. Um, we're able to some of the coaches will be able to get away and um, break away for a little bit and, and, and get some time for their mental health, which is which is great and important uh, and be able to come back at this thing and, and get refreshed. So for me personally, I'll be able to really look at uh, all three phases. I kind of had a sneak peek to it last week when I was, you know, um, out with COVID. So it's almost, it's almost like two weeks now that I'm able to do this and, and really get back on track. Health-wise, uh, without specifics, because that's a wait and see, uh, will you feel – are you leaning more towards optimistic than yeah. pessimistic? Yeah, I, we are. We are. And that's that's a part of the game, our injuries. Every team's going through it right now in some significant positions. But I really do feel like you're uh, heading into this bye week and then into the, the, the next week when we prep for, for Baltimore is we are starting to get a lot of that depth back and, and it's a it's a great time to have the buy right now so i would say yeah definitely lean more towards um optimism all right hopefully you uh, have plenty of plays sent to the league office to get a good look they can spend some time in the bye week too that's all <laughs> that's all we'll say at it how about it right i hear you thanks Jeff. Matt? all right enjoy your bye week we'll talk to you next week here's the punt o'donnell 
Backs up Ray Ray McLeod to his 20. Comes middle of the field up the hash of the 25 and the Bears. Grew oh, the net the ball out. Scooped up by DHC. 20, 15, 10. End zone. Touchdown, Bears. Wow. Select single-game Bears tickets are available. Cheer on the Monsters of the Midway live at Soldier Field this season. Visit chicagobears.com slash tickets for more information. Jeff Joniak joined by Chris Tabor, my good pal, special teams coordinator after the loss in Pittsburgh, and you heard the DeAndre Houston Carson Johnny on the spot scoop and score, but a whole lot more to that play. Break it down for me after watching it all on tape and watching it live on the sidelines because it was a big play in the game. No, the guys came through. I mean, uh, you know, we had had we had the turnover ourselves after that good kickoff return, and uh, defense did a great job of not allowing any points on that. But we felt, uh, you know, we we felt we needed to to right the ship. And uh, where where we were at, you know, Pat, you know, hit a, hit a big punt, and the guys did a good job of going down and covering. I thought they covered well in the punt. That's an area we've been trying to improve each and every week. And last night, the the kids did a great job in that area. But we talked all week. Um, you know, Ray Ray's a good player, but there there's been times where he's put the ball on on the ground and and. Uh, kind of when he twists and moves a little bit, you can, you can get your hand in there and, and punch it out. And Iggy did a good, great job getting down there and then punching that out. And then DHC just to have the uh, know with all to, to pick that thing up and scoop and score uh, and get us, get us going again. Because I think, I don't know, I can't remember, was there about seven minutes left in the game and that kind of uh, re-sparked you. Oh yeah. Uh, so that, that was, that was big play and, and glad that uh, we executed there. Yeah, I believe Tom's uh, quote was after that couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And, and that's the case because uh, the, the love fest for a DHC over the last uh, couple of years is, is he's just he's just so well thought of. And I, I just completed a, a TV feature with him a couple of weeks ago and a lot of depth to the guy, a, a lot to him. So but again, you know, it took a, a whole unit to make that play. But, you know, to have him scoop and score, that was that was awful nice. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. If, if you're really if you're talking to young kids or even talking to pro players, a guy that goes out a half hour early each and every day to work on his craft, it just it's not coincidence. I mean, it is, things are going to happen for those guys. And and um, he's, he's done that. So, uh, you know, that's why I always say he's the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah. You know, uh, Dan Pompey, the Hall of Fame writer and uh, my good friend, uh, wrote today that every good team, I think he said every good team needs a guy just like DeAndre Houston Carson. 100%. 100%. All right, so uh, let's break down some other things in this game. Let's go with the 65-yard the field goal try. Uh, two seconds on the clock, and uh, looking at it again, it was right down the middle. Right down the middle. Unbelievable. Just a couple of couple of yards. Yeah, no, I mean that's a, obviously that's a that's a tough kick at, at yep. Hines, but that's you know what are you going to do? You got to you got to give it a shot, and and uh, and he did. I mean he, the guy, the guy is accurate. I mean the ball, it, it wasn't like it sprayed left or duck hooked or anything along those lines. I mean it's right down the middle, just you know, just it's just too far. Yeah. So did you calculate how many yards that would have been short? Two or three. Um, or was it longer than that? I think I it landed. It landed. It landed on the B in the Pittsburgh block lettering. Yeah. In the zone, so I don't know. You know that might, yeah, you're probably 
five yards or so, you know, and, and right, that's, okay. uh, you know, we tried to, tried to steal some yards right before, uh, but, but Watt knocked it down there and, and, uh, you know, every yard at that, at that deal obviously is, gives you, gives you a shot. Did you see the still shot of a potential offsides Pittsburgh? I saw it live. So, <laughs> no, End of so story. No, yeah. No, I mean, we, you know, we did everything that we can to alert the officials just with, with the linemen and those type of things, but I, I'm not, that's not, that's not my area. So right, I got you. I don't, but, I don't you know that five yards would have made a difference potentially. So welcome back to the bears coaches show with Chris Tabor, the Bears special teams coordinator, Jeff Joniak with you until eight o'clock tonight. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the 65 yard try by Santos uh, and Cole Komet on the edge. And I don't know what you call him in your special teams uh, position, but he had a deal with Minka Fitzpatrick, a very aggressive player on defense as it is, but he had a deal with him on his inside and a cornerback Cameron Sutton on the outside did and Sutton got through to at least get in the area of Santos. Did that prevent Cairo in any way of completing his follow through and what this commit did his best. He had to do both. He had to, he had to somehow defer or de de deter the uh, penetration of those two players. No, it, it, it didn't have anything to do with the kick. In fact, in our world, uh, that's a very common, common deal there. You have a commit, we call him the wing and, uh, he's responsible. You know, we're always protection is built from the inside out and bars is the tight end right next to him. And he's hooking anything in the D gap there. And then, uh, uh, commits handling inside and outside. Uh, cause you always think that your operation, if someone comes from, around the outside that your operation can, can handle it. Uh, the, actually the, on the game where we went up by one and they jumped off sides, Pittsburgh is known for what we call using a hand key where they're watching the holder's hand. And once he opens his hands, they get a jump on the ball. And, uh, so we elected to do two of them on the previous one and they jumped off sides, uh, because then when we attempted the, the, uh, extra point there to go ahead, then they had to kind of pump their brakes, which made it made it much easier. So then on that last kick we did, we tried the same thing. Pittsburgh actually tried to move. They stemmed on the inside to try to draw us off sides to push it back five yards. And we actually uh, tried to draw them off sides ourselves uh, to try to pick up five yards. So it was a game within the game. Uh, but, the you know, protection-wise, those guys up front, they did a good job and, and uh, you know, no – it always looks closer than what it really is on a uh, on a field goal and a field goal block attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you would be right on that for sure. Uh, so the streak ends at forty, but he hit forty, so tied for third all time. That's a heck of an accomplishment over a course of two seasons for Cairo Santos. No, yeah, you know it is. I mean, really proud of him. In fact, I'm I'm we're you know I think with Tiger Woods when he won the Grand Slam, they called it the Tiger Slam where he won two and then it was kind of a lull and then he won the first two. We're we're going to go. We're going to call it the Cairo streak. I mean, <laughs> a six a sixty five yarder. That that's that's, 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 that's pretty, you know. Uh, so we're gonna in our own little world, but we're yep. really proud of him. I mean, we'll start a new one. Absolutely, absolutely. You got to pick yourself up. That's the game of football. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Jakeem Grant uh, on his fumble, and you know you think he's, he's a he's a small guy like me, but uh, James James Pierre had he got lower. He did. He got he got lower. Got lower. He got low and uh, put his helmet on the football and did a good job. And Jakeem was was trying to go two hands 
on the football, but kind of rolls it over and exposes it. And, and uh, that can't happen. I mean, that's they're a really good coverage team, and we feel like we're a good kickoff return team. And uh, we were chopping wood all night, and then we finally get the, the breakout uh, right there for good field position and, and then turned it over. That's, that, that really stung. Uh, but credit to the guys uh, of, of coming back and then whatever that was two series later or a series later uh, causing our fumble and, and, and picking it up for a touchdown. So uh, really how the guys were resilient there. Uh, I, I do. I, I appreciate that about them. So Tom and I were talking on the broadcast on the punt that he was surrounded by Steelers and they were trying to maybe push him into the football. And Tom said that that used to be taught. In the, in the old days, and that was allowed. You could knock somebody into the football. Is that still allowed? It used to. Okay, so number one, he should be away from that football. Yes. But, num but number two, the rules have changed. Yes, you used to be able to push guys into the ball. The rule now states if a player is standing around a ball and he is not actively engaged in blocking someone, you can't push them into the ball. So when I saw the replay, uh, I was upset that he was around the ball. And then, uh, so we got that corrected quickly. And then um, when I saw the replay and he was just standing there and I saw him push him, I, I knew that, that we were in the clear because uh, they, they can't do that. Yeah. Made Tom a little nervous. He was, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I don't make Tom lose his hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That. That is the game of football sometimes, isn't it? You, you lose your hair a little bit. Uh, overall, what uh, what will you look at in terms of what you're looking for for a, a second half uh, to improve special teams all over? Well, I think that I think that you know we took some steps in the right direction. I've, I've been the, the the punt coverage has been a thing um, that, that we've been harping on, and I thought that we I thought that we took a step in the right direction last night. Um, but other things that I always, I will always only worry about the Chicago bears and what we need to do in order to get better. And there was, there were some things that was a good special teams unit that we played last night. And I, I knew it would be. And, uh, when we come back and we have Baltimore, uh, just knowing Harbs and, and how yep. they, they play football over there. It's another AFC North opponent. I mean, they can play good special teams too. So we, we got, uh, we'll continue. We got to get better at our fundamentals. We got to get better. Uh, at, at just the little things. And, and that's my job as a coach and, and to help them with that. So we'll just, we'll kind of, kind of stay the course. And like I say, I, you know, I say it all the time, just keep chopping wood fellas and, and uh, good things can happen. Now it's time to look ahead brought to you by bet rivers, the official sports book partner of the Chicago bears, Jeff Joniak in our final moments with Chris Tabor, bears special teams coordinator. So you touched on in the last uh, break uh, for those uninformed. John Harbaugh was a uh, outstanding special teams coordinator in his day and now the head coach of the Ravens and a very successful operation over there. Uh, and, and because of that is he always made sure that emphasis on special teams is high. No, he has. And they, they have, they have a lot of good players that play on special teams. I mean, and they, uh, you know, arguably have one of the greatest kickers of all time. And, and Justin yeah. Tucker, a guy that could hit touchbacks, a guy that could, uh, put the ball on a kickoff at the two yard line with a four, two or four, three hang. I mean, so they're going to present a lot of problems, uh, but you know, they're, they're, they're physical. They keep coming after you and it'll be just another one of those. Uh, you know, if you punch them in the mouth, they're going to punch you back. And then you just, you just kind of keep trading punches and, and you go, but this will be uh this will be another big test uh, for our group. 
And after this week's bye, the Bears will host the Ravens Sunday the 21st at noon. Lamar Jackson leading the Ravens to an overtime win over the Vikings on Sunday. His 10th career game with at least 100 rushing yards, tying him with Mike Vick for the most games by a quarterback of that nature in NFL history. Certainly something to keep an eye on uh, for those fans of mobile quarterbacks, Lamar and Justin Fields. How did Patio do in the first half of this season? Patio uh, d- doing well, you know, I, you know, there's been a, a few games where, you know, I know that he's wanted to perform a little bit better, but have a lot of confidence in that guy. I thought his location yesterday was really good. And, uh, and I think that was also a reason why we covered better too, because he, you know, he really limited the field. Ray Ray was a guy that could take the ball to the perimeter and those type of things. And we wanted to keep him, you know, obviously the less field, the better for us. And uh, I, I thought he did a really good job there. So, uh, he keeps improving, and uh, I, I like where he's at. And but there's still room. He'll 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 be the first one to tell you. He says, "I know I can get better," and that's what we're going to work at the second half here. A bunch of young guys uh, finding uh, the roles on special teams that are developing. Uh, to talk about some of those guys before. Yeah, you know, we'll let you go but, after that. You bet. I, you know, yesterday I thought I thought Xavier Crawford really played one of his his better games. A, a play that no one will talk about is the missed extra point by Boswell. And the, and the pressure that uh, Xavier comes around and gets long and gets extended uh, makes it really close. He's almost there. And I don't, you know, he, obviously you're always trying to block a kick, uh, but if you don't, you want to affect the kick. And I thought that was one where it was close enough where he affected it. And I, and I told him, I, I said, that might have been for as good as your gunner reps were yesterday. And, and then just the things that he does for us on kickoff of not allowing the ball to get back out to, to the, to the field. Uh, that, that was about as big a play as I've seen. And I told him, I said, and no one's even going to talk about it. And I said, that's the world of special teams, buddy. But I said, I appreciate it. And I said, in our room, we, we notice it, we talk about it and then, you know, try to hold each other accountable on it, but he's, he's, he's doing well. And then, uh, you know, we had, uh, Iggy's really been, been playing well uh, the, the last few games and, and playing like I expect him to play. And uh, so that that's that's encouraging. We're we still got plenty to work on, and uh, I know we can get there. It's just uh, it's a it's a work in progress. All right, Chris. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Appreciate it. Enjoy your bye week. All right, thank you. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up tonight's show. Appreciate you listening. Thanks to our producers Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli for Coach Nagy and Coach Tabor. I'm Jeff Joniak. Bears will be back at it against the Ravens on the 21st at Soldier Field, 9 a.m. pregame and a noon kickoff. But we have another edition of the Bears Coaches Show next Monday night at 7 o'clock. That'll do it for us right now. This is News Radio 1059 WBBM. Good night, everybody.